Hello there, and welcome to the comic book Tesseract, the only comic netcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I'm Justin Chalupka, alongside Jason Polieff. Join us as we review and preview the world of comics, along with other facets of geeky culture. This is going to be an interesting evening. I just cracked open a Samuel Adams Imperial White, which is an imperial brew, uh, meaning essentially uh, this sucker has a shitload of alcohol in it, and I'm probably going to be lit by the time we're done. And it doesn't really taste like it. So I'll probably end up sucking this back a lot faster than I should. So like I said, it's going to be a fun night. Hey, you guys get extra entertainment for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to hear me making a blathering idiot of myself. Not that that's too much different from you know any of our other shows, but... And all this comes standard with the price of admission. This is true. No refunds. Be sure to tip your waiter. All right. So. Well, let's get right into some comics. Because we actually... We were gawking at the... We were gawking at our sizes earlier, yeah. <laughs> which I could find a better way to put it, but I'm not going to. Yeah, you're purposely screwing things up right there. But let's go ahead and bit. get into this because we had some books that we had just gotten a hold of when we did the last show. So we read mm-hmm. those plus the past two weeks of books. Yep. yep and yep. Uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, we'll be getting another stack of books in. Yep. No, so, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, where do we want to start? Do you want to start on uh, some of the stuff that we both read or... Do you want to hit uh, some of the stuff that you read that I wanted to ask you about? Actually, let's go here. ahead and start off with a... Uh, Is it? Yeah, because you, you got a nice little uh, stack of books that oh, I'm kind of interested okay. in. So we're going to start off with an independent book. Um, actually, no, we're going to go back a little bit because uh, you had read two books that I had read and reviewed for the last show. So I kind of yeah. want to know what you're thinking about with uh, East of Eden. Or, sorry, East of West. East of West, right, sorry. right. right. <laughs> the movie East of them. Eden, East of Eden. Movie. Yes. Chick flick? I don't believe so, no. Okay. Uh, East of West and uh, Five Ghosts Haunting of Fabian Gray. Oh, yeah, let me grab that one off the stack here, too. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, East of West, We you kind of alluded to on yeah. the on the previous show as far as what it was. I'm going to, it's yeah, at this point, if, if, if you haven't gotten it, we're going to go ahead and give you a little yeah. bit of a spoiler. It's, uh, it centers around the four horsemen. And it's one a very... One of them is missing. Yeah, one of them is missing. And it's a very interesting take. Um, it's very different from, from the original Four Horsemen, which is well, yes. Yes, why yes. I'm interested in keeping with it. It, yeah. it puts it in, in an interesting time. It puts it in an interesting, uh, well, a couple of times actually. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's jumping around well the future. What this really reminds me of more than anything else, and I, I know you probably don't, wouldn't necessarily get this reference, but it's the game Darksiders. I don't know if you had heard of it or not. I, I know the name. Yeah, it's essentially a uh, yeah, Metroid Zelda-ish uh, third-person action adventure game RPG in the you know that you have some character building, but you in the first game play as War, who is essentially wrongly accused for starting the end of the world and destroying it in the process, and then has to go after the fact and try to redeem himself, which kind of like is a cow out of, out of the barn type of deal, but. It's still a fun game anyways. And then the second one, you play Death. Um, but it has that same, like, post-apocalyptic, four horsemen after the fact kind of feel. Okay. Which, it, it, it's a very interesting place to jump into that mythos. Whereas, normally you hear about it as, you know, they're the harbingers of the apocalypse. They're the ones that are kind of making it happen. Whereas, these are taking it as, okay, what now? Or actually more so, what went wrong? Right. 
Well, it's because there's three of them. Where's the fourth one? And maybe yeah. they can't bring about the apocalypse without him. We we don't really know what. Yeah, the end they, goal they get more into it. it. Yeah, uh, but it, it's a first issue, so there's only so much you can tell in, uh-huh. in the pages. Uh, good enough that you're going to continue it. Um, I'll keep grabbing yours. Okay, it's, I think it's good enough to actually get on its own for for people that uh, are intrigued by the idea. It's it's definitely worth the pickup. Uh, Hickman is great with this style of comic where it's the it's it's a very deep comic. There's yeah. yeah. Well, the other stuff he's done before, like uh, Red Wing, is the first one that comes to mind. He's working on Manhattan Projects, which right. is another one of those very the very cerebral from Marvel. Yeah, he, he oh, definitely he's goes, doing Ultimates. I didn't uh, know that. He just ended a he ended the run that I was reading. Oh, okay. Of Ultimates, I don't know if he's doing continuing on or not. All right, uh, but he he had read the run that I did. But he, he's very good at that cerebral, um, o- almost overly complex kind of books. And the fact that I look at it and I see Hickman with, and I keep thinking of Dragonlance books, books just kind of gives me that yeah that, that extra thumbs up. Yeah. Anyways, um, did you? I don't know if you mentioned this one, but I, I may not have too. mentioned it, but I had, I had read it and then had to pass it on to you. Yeah, goes to Fabian Gray. Which this is this is what I think I will probably pick up on my own because this is just a real fun concept. Uh, I have a feeling this might be very similar to Cowboy Ninja Viking. I think was was. Uh, I don't know Cowboy Ninja Viking to be uh, able to. Do you know of the title though? I've heard. Do you remember seeing it? But I'm not sure that I've heard the title. It was, an, it was just another one of those hipster hero things that are different, and we want to match them up because they're cool. Like it's, yeah. it's the same idea in. In Cowboy Ninja Viking, it was this guy had these three personalities in his head that we could flip between and do their stuff. Right. Very similar to this book, where it's they he has in this case five different ghost beings, yeah, it's ghosts living within him that he can access and do their stuff. Right. Um. Uh, in, in that aspect, actually, if you you were probably remember growing up and Marshall Brave Star. Like <laughs> really, you're gonna go there. <laughs> Wow. Is it not that same? It is, but upon, it's... You know, the eyes of the eagle, and he had... Yeah, strength eagle. of the bear, speed of the puma. Right. And he, it's, you call oh, upon God, I actually remember animal. this shit. Oh, yep. what's wrong with me? <laughs> hey, I was the one that brought it up, so it's, you just had to recall it. I, I'm I going to the drink connection. the memories away. <laughs> no, you won't, because you love that show, and you watched it every night, every day. No, actually, what reminds me about more than anything else, Penny Arcade, uh, not Penny Arcade specifically, but Scott Kurtz and Mike Krahalik, the artist do a side project to Penny Arcade called The Trenches that has to deal with a bunch of uh, uh, game testers and all their trials and tribulations at their job. And the game that they're testing is an MMO that's basically based off of a, a knockoff of Marshall Bravestar. It's freaking hilarious. Well, there's also, you know, and for something a bit more mainstream in comics, if you're familiar, th- mm. there's also kind of an element of uh, Firestar. Or Firestorm from DC, where you've got that oh, ghost in the uh, head speaking, yeah, and giving but, advice. Or Doctor Fate's kind of got that ghost in the head speaking as well. There's a lot of characters that have voices talking to them. Yeah, even Bruce does to a certain extent, <laughs> depending on who's he's who he's fighting that week. And th- those aren't quite physical manifestations. Those, this at least, you know, th- th- there. Well, this actually have separate personalities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, more than just you know the power itself. It's you actually have to. Conflict with it, the it's, personality. It's a fun story with him to. being the thief and, and using the powers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would say this is almost more like a more enter, more entertaining version of Gambit. 
Just yeah. in, in the thief aspect, you know, the, the, the skulky type of thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, this is a, a it's a mini, it's mm-hmm. one of five, whereas Cabo Ninja Vigand, actually, I don't know if it's still ongoing, but if it isn't, it went for a long time. I know it had probably a good four to five graphics under its belt, at least. So, okay, two, two different books, a cerebral book with, uh, East of West mm-hmm. and, uh, more action adventure with, uh, Five Ghosts. Yeah. So. Both really fun and both very good reads. Okay, so let's go ahead and move, move on to, uh, actually another action adventure title, hmm. uh, the new D&D Forgotten Realms book, uh, subtitle Cutler? Or Cutter. 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 This is actually, it's a story about a sword, for lack of a better way to put it. And it's Cutter. Well, Cutter is the name of the sword. Yeah. And a bunch of dark elves are not very original with their names. Um, <laughs> or they are, it's just in, it doesn't translate well. Um, this is actually done by Ari Salvatore and his son, uh, I want to say it's Gino, I think, Salvatore. Search the G, I know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so they're, they're writing this jointly, starts. which this is not the first project they've worked on together, they've done other right. things before. Um, but as far as overall, this book, especially in comparison to other D&D titles that have come out recently, this one falls a bit short. It's kind of weak. Um, I don't know if it's because the the setting doesn't feel very well defined. The characters don't really give you enough to attach to. Um, it just feels very superficial. That being said, the story itself, the the plotting, the dialogue, isn't too bad. It's actually a decent read, but it's really just not compelling it is kind of the biggest problem of it. Okay. So d- d- more compelling d- d- stuff out there. Definitely. Is, is, it, it, is this, a, this include a tale of Drist in it or? No. Okay. No, no. This is completely outside separate story. Take, new. Take place I, in the same dark elf kingdom. No, this is, uh, these are actually drow that have been on the Moonshade Isles, which is for those of you who don't know the Forgotten Realms universe, um, the area of islands off the northwestern coast where all the elf, the elvish main kingdoms, okay. uh, came up after their exodus. Um, so because of that and that fact specifically, I have a feeling this is probably set in the fourth edition universe. So this is post spell plague. Um, and again, I'm sorry for those of you who don't play D&D and don't keep up with the, the different storylines of the worlds, but just go to say this is in the most recent version of Dungeon the Dungeon. of the Forgotten Realms world specifically. Okay. So, but if somebody's looking to fill out their stack with a fantasy book, this isn't a bad place to go. But for a stack like mine that I'm trying to cut things out of it, this isn't going to make the cut. Okay. So, good stuff. Oh yeah, and and I should say, or I should reiterate because I know I've said it already. It is good. <coughs> Anyways, move move on before I beat the crap out of that dead horse any further. Okay. Um, let me ask you about uh, Fury. No, ask me about something different. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with this one because uh, I forget where it was, but uh, there was. Another, I think well, maybe on Reddit, another comic artist was commenting on how good Fury is right now, and how it's one of really the best titles that he feels coming out of Marvel at the moment. I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was that said it. Uh, God, it's gonna bug me now. <laughs> uh, okay, so Fury. No, I know exactly who it was. It was uh, it was Schneider on an interview with Nerdist. Really? Yeah, he actually said he thought this was the best thing coming out of Marvel right now was Fury. 
Okay, cool. Because I haven't uh, seen that interview with Nerdist. Yeah, it's a it's an interview with uh, Schneider and Jim Lee talking about him taking over on Superman. Okay, was that actually with Nerdist or was that uh, uh, or was I, that one of the other sideshows that the Nerdist Network has? Because I, I want to say it was Nerdist because I think Perry Michael Simon was the one that actually did the interview. I'm not a hundred percent positive okay, so, though. I'd have to go back and try to try to. So find it's not it. necessarily. So it wasn't actually with Cardwick then. It was. Uh-uh. Okay. No, 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 no. It wasn't a podcast. It was just a, a, a textual interview on the site. All right. So, uh, Fury, this is a Max title, which means it's intended for adult readers. Right. Uh, there is – actually, while I wouldn't call it a gory comic, it definitely has images of war. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is basically Fury before he became director of S.H.I.E.L.D. The story okay. of him and what his career was from Vietnam – through, you know, the Bay of, you know, Bay of Pigs yeah. and all the wars. Is, is there an up. aspect in it of him kind of coming to power or coming into his abilities or? It's not about his rise to power. In fact, that's part of the character is that he doesn't care about getting a promotion. He doesn't care about the politics. He cares about getting the job done. Exactly. Yeah. Which. And- Works. I mean, it, it's a perfect indication of yeah. the character, and so. yeah, it's him working with the CIA behind the scenes, and yeah, you know, investigating and go, going into you know, yeah, the, the the first arc took place during Nam, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's out on the front lines, yeah, and there's fighting doing a super soldier yeah, thing, yeah. There, there's also yeah, the second arc, he and the Punisher, Frank Castle. Before he became the Punisher, right, right, are actually out on a mission to do a hit. So that's interesting. So th- this is are they supposed to be of a similar age in this in the Max universe, or is Fury yeah. definitively older? Uh, d- definitively older. Oh, okay, but not grotesquely so. Enough that the, that he was able to go out as the spotter for Punisher as the sniper. If you okay. if, if you know military tactics, a sniper goes out in two man teams. The sniper and the spotter. The spotter's job is to assist. And call the shot for the sniper. Right. So, um, you, you've got the military aspect of this, which I like because it's keeping it very much an actual military event as opposed to a military event in a super-powered, supernatural world. Okay, so... So you're not seeing Spider-Man appear at all in this. You're not going to see... Well, which kind of makes sense because a lot of the... I don't want to... I hesitate to say metahumans because that's I know a DC term... But a lot of the supers of the Marvel Universe really didn't appear po- until no. post... I, you did have like they, Cap, they did Cap actually, was World War II, the original Human Torch and Toro. Yeah, Submariner right. were, were all World War II. Submariner or Submariner? However you prefer to... Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know if there's actually like a specified... Yeah, this sub, is Submariner is how I usually... How about just Namor? Okay, That'll Namor, do. yeah. So they do. Ha- they did have all their heroes, and then they've they disappeared, and then the Marvel heroes appeared after right. the war. And so this bunch of freaking draft dodgers—that's why <laughs> pansies. Uh, but th- this that's is actually focused folks. very much on Fury and m- investigating things in the military. At, okay. at, at present, part of the the main arc is y- the CIA. Using drugs and being drug runners to raise money for their black ops. Huh, okay. So. Interesting. 
Uh, if you like that so is, is, time, angle of is the time period of this war. now like Noriega ish, um, or are we? I still... would say early eighties is where this book, the the current issue, which okay, is that makes 10, sense. picks in picks up. Okay, uh, you're talking early eighties. I think they actually get specific on it um, as to when. Uh, so is it actually a full ongoing, or is it a max? It, it, it appears it's a max, to be a, but is a maxi title. Uh, max just is is Marvel's adult line, right? So, but is this run a like like a maxi run as opposed to a mini? I don't know if they're going to end it at twelve. If they intend to do that, uh, yeah. Th- there's definitely been some subplots running through of love interest and hmm. government connections. That's odd. It, love oh. interest and fury. T- I mean, I could see him doing like the Bond. Yeah, use them and leave them thing, but yeah, this is much grittier than than a Bond story is, though. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. Have you seen I Skyfall? wouldn't recommend it to you, Justin, just because you're not into the total military type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say no if you wanted to borrow it, but I, again, I don't think it's going to be in your wheelhouse okay. compared to what I know you normally read. Fair enough. Uh, but if you do like that military and espionage angle and uh, yeah, it, it's kind of in my defense, there it's, have it's, been military books that I've it, liked. Military intelligence, I guess, would be more of the angle because it's not true espionage. It's more of a military it, intelligence, not real hard hitting action. I would imagine either. There are definitely moments because at one point are they fairly like, far and wide, or is a, there one per book, or give or take? It, it, give or take, because yeah, there's points where he's on a fr- on a forward fire base uh-huh. and they get attacked. And and overrun by the Viet Cong, uh-huh. so, so you've got them fighting back. Uh, in the most recent episode, there's not a, any big action Ooh. sets, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you that alcohol. Yeah, I just got a kick from the beer. Yeah. It's definitely warming up, so the alcohol is coming through more. Yeah. But you, you, he walks Uba. in, and you know it's definitely you know who who are the ones that are really running the show on the space? Is it the guy who's yeah, yeah, the yeah. bird on his chest, or 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 is it the guy? Who's yeah with the special forces? Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, that, that's hiding, and Fury's got to figure that all out and make and see what's really kosher and what's really going on. So <laughs> kosher, a bit different of a story. Okay, um, can you go ahead Let's and get, jump back to you? Alrighty. Uh, yeah, you put more stuff on my list. <laughs> yeah, I did. I gotta do. Uh, I'm doing like two to one, three to one, yeah. almost. Yeah, but a couple of them were kind of recoveries. Um, yeah. We're going to go ahead and jump over to yet another book that you borrowed from me, which I actually <laughs> you I let you borrow because it was going to be a while before I got to reading it, right? And that's Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, which, part one of the search. Yeah, and we should mention this is actually a Dark Horse graphic; it's not a traditional comic. traditional comic title. But this this this, this book continues is only the released as a graphic. Yeah, as were the ones before it, which was right. the Promise the, parts one through three. the Promise. Okay, I was gonna say the Kingdom. Okay, no, the promise. yeah, the Promise parts one through three. This is the Search part one. I'm guessing this will do two and three as well. Um, this continues where the TV series left off, which I don't know if we had mentioned that about the Promise before. Yeah, the Promise um, picks up immediately after you know within a day or two of, of the end, the last episode. And this picks up immediately after the end of the promise. The end of the promise. So uh, the general idea of this book is Zuko has some information about his mother, which all he ever knew was she was sent into exile, and he had thought that she had perhaps died or been killed. Well, he didn't really know what had happened. He thought she was dead. As the series develops, he and starts he to get out. the idea that she might still be alive. Right. So this arc is. About Zuko and the Avatar and his friends, 
Oh, helping him to go and try to find his mother. Yeah, it's and the search for Zuko's mother. Right. And one of the other interesting things I know they bring back because they mention it mm-hmm. at the end of the previous at the of the promise is Zuko's sister Azula, uh, who went nutty. Back she is shit. nuttier than squirrel poop. In, in this, oh, uh, oh yeah, because she she loony. went batshit at the end of the series. Oh, so. she still is. Okay. Oh, she. Which massive, is one of the things like, why they're going. Why are they? Oh yeah. Her out? Massive like persecution complex and thinks her mother is out to get her like insubstantial. Like, she's been plotting against her since her birth. All kinds <laughs> of weird. Okay, shit. so I mean, does this get a thumbs up? Thumbs down? Oh no, definitely a thumbs up. It, it, just like with the promise, it's a continuation of the show. You can hear the characters' voices as you read it. It's if you love the TV show, you'll love these books. Okay, and no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Wonderful. I don't think I'll need to give my review because I suspect it'll be the same thing we just, oh, yeah. we just said. Oh, no, yeah. No doubt. Um, let's jump over to something that we actually shared. Uh, I wanted to mention Saga real quick just because we hadn't brought it up in a while. And the main reason that we had not is we've said before, if a book is just kind of continuing to be good, we wouldn't bring it up again. <laughs> Screw that. I'm bringing this up again because this is really good. <laughs> this is a great friggin' title. Although I will say the one thing that this book has kept in common, at least over the past probably about three issues. Uh, make sure you're not in a public place when you open to the first page. It is, it has been notoriously not safe for work on the first page. Like, it, I think it I enjoys like screwing books with people. I like in public places because of that. Eh, Although the, the, not the, the previous work. issue compared to this one was much more so. Well, yeah. Um, actually, this is, this is, this issue, one's still pretty. This is 12, is it not? Yes. Yes. And with this one, it, it was supposedly, and it actually it was untrue, that it was banned from the Apple I, I, Apple Store. Really? Yeah. Because of the image? Be, because there are two uh, postage stamp size in the actual uh-huh. printed version images of gay sex. And <laughs> so, I, not a, even. Apparently. Not even. Of, well, of the, the, the potential what, what gay sex. What eventually came, came to light is comicsology and an attempt to interpret what they felt the iTunes would iTunes would do decided not to release it to iTunes oh preemptively apps. right which kind of makes sense cuz Apple's been to not sell it through the iTunes store yeah wow. Apple's been kind of heavy-handed on shit like that before so that's not particularly Apple surprising Apple came back and said it was okay to sell and they were not going to <laughs> fucking Apple go figure um and that they were not the ones that had blocked it and so, it, well, part because they caught the shit for it and they had an opportunity to go, it wasn't us this time. It wasn't us this time. Yep. No, no, no. We think it's fine. And, and Comixology. Oh, wait, there's a penis? They, oh, shit. Comixology did put it, make it available. And they had actually made arrangements for you to get it if you did have mm-hmm. the Comixology app. You just had to purchase it through another form that they have, either through an Android device, through huh. your computer, you could purchase it. And then you could download it to your iPad. But you couldn't purchase it. Um, but let's just get to the actual book itself. Well, I, I wasn't going to mention too much actually about the book because it really is more of it's still good. Keep getting it because it's fantastic. The What I was going to say, though, is they're going on a hiatus Yes. after this book. Um, they're going to be out, I think, for, they said, a couple months, and then they'll be back again. They're, they're kind of getting a backlog of They're going to get the next six books ready Ooh, to put out. You know what? So, Sorry, i got to look at something real quick. Um Turn something up while I'm, while I'm looking this up, because there's something I wanted to see in here. <laughs> but go okay. ahead and, and grab another title. Okay, so oh, I, the uh, the cosplay stuff in the uh, oh yeah, they actually had a contest really for the best cosplayers 
of characters from the book. She's a redditor. <laughs> she, she posted this. The in, uh, yeah, the, 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 the one who won. Uh, she posted in the comic books subreddit. I won. Yay. I missed it. Yeah. So cool. Yay. Wonderful. Hooray Reddit. Okay. Actually, the uh, the photoshopped one of the uh, ghost did really yeah. well. Yeah. So. I wish there was a way she could have done you know something with her nose to get it to be like that the flat slits like the girl has. Nah. So yeah, it's just idea. Yeah. I, so okay. It, I was really thinking cool for to see all the differences. Second. You are you are you just looking to figure out when they're going to be back? Uh, no, what I'm looking at I, now that I'm thinking about it, it may have been BKV that said Max was the good thing coming out of Marvel. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe right. Anyways, yeah, oh, wait, wait, pick up the, the trade. The, the Schneider the trade thing about Superman book. is worth mentioning too. Um, so. I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Oh, and Fury Max from Garth Ennis and Goran Pavlov continues to be the best comic Marvel has published in about 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> also loving Stokoe's Godzilla Half Century War from IDW. I've, okay. Sorry, I don't read Godzilla titles. Okay, so you're getting all your sources screwed up. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and I talk about uh, Snapshot because it's right here on top of my stack. Good for Good. Uh, what the hell is it? Snapshot. It's Diggle and Jock, which yeah. are the same ones that did Green Arrow Year One, which we talked about before. Right. Uh, you talked about that before, not me. Uh, but Snapshot Ooh. is a little bit of a murder mystery adventure. Actually, it's a teenage kid stumbles into a murder and then gets chased as he tries to clear his name and you know, solve the murder for the cops. So it's gleaming the cube. Yeah. Um, I could actually see this uh, to some extent if it wasn't for the way that it's present that you have to be following the character who discovers this. Uh, I could see it as a castle episode. Uh, oh, okay. A little bit more, add, add some snarkin' and it's a castle episode. I was going to say, is the main character ruggedly handsome? Uh, I'll leave that up to your decision. Uh, yeah, right. I, I don't tend to judge men on that. But, uh. Sissy. <laughs> it's just not something I judge. And, I, but you're going to tell me that you can't? You can't, you're going to turn around and tell me Nathan Fillion is not ruggedly handsome? I've been told so. Oh, you, <laughs> come on. I. I don't find him ruggedly handsome. Uh, I know that that's what other people think, and based on what I've heard from other people, I can go, that would match with what people have said. Okay, then who would you say is ruggedly handsome? No one. (laughs) Man. I don't judge handsome. I I tend to think handsome tends to refer to men. Can you define handsome? A good-looking man. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I, who's a good-looking man? I've heard Brad Pitt's good-looking. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> no, and that's the whole point. Jeez. Okay, right. uh, back to the actual comic book here. Uh, yeah, After discovering a phone with pictures of a murderer on it, mm-hmm. the main character... Oh, and Snapshot, got it. Yep. Yeah, uh, goes to the police only to find out that the murder wasn't real. Has the guy that's murdered in the photos walk in and go, uh, sorry about that. That, that was a prank. 
And huh. the plot keeps twisting from there. Interesting. Okay. So there's there's a number of Ooh, twists. That's almost like a eight millimeter kind of shtick to it. Uh, no, it's nowhere near as disturbing as that. Oh, okay. I was about to ask if you had seen that, but what you just said proves to me that in fact you have. <laughs> I saw that from the front row with my head craned back to see the screen. Oh god! One of the worst movie experiences of my life. I can believe it. Possibly the worst. Oh. Oof. But uh, no, no, this. Uh, there's no material in here that wouldn't be acceptable for a teenager. Okay. Yeah. That keeps Even it clean, a younger man. teenager. It, it's, it's done in black and white, which I love, I love that art aesthetic for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a fun noir, bit more action than straight up noir in this. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I know you're not into the noir stuff, but I would think you might actually enjoy this story yeah. because I know you like Castle and it's kind of, it has well, to some extent Castle has a fun it. twist and turn with those with the mystery. Yeah, here's Castle what's going on. Oh, wait, no, it's to not. It. So okay, yeah. If, if you add a bit more smartass to it, you get house or, or uh, castle. Ooh, yeah. You got to add yeah. a lot of smartass to get the house. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a, and that, some kind that's of sentient. two scoops. Um, okay, so, let's let's hit a couple of things kind of quickly. Okay. Uh, two, we are running two, short on time here. Two that I want to talk about. Um, How's Aquaman? Because it's coming in from the crossover that it had right. with Justice League. So, um, and the cover's kind of cool. I, I the like the cover cool. of Arthur and his But it's coming in kind of weak, i got to be honest. It's yeah. not nearly as, as strong as it came out of the gate. Which, this might be a case of John's getting kind of pulled a few different directions right now. What else is he working on? Uh... You're actually trying to think about that, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. He, he's he's about to get off of the main title for Green Lantern. Right. He's working on Justice JLA, League. Right. Justice League of America. Yeah. Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus his whatever duties he actually does is the chief creative officer for DC. Which I don't know if he's doing anything in the Hollywood side in that aspect. Uh, he, I have a feeling Green Lantern probably pulled him out of that. <laughs> could very well have done that. So, but I'm not going to drop it. It's still a good title. This just hasn't been as strong as it's been previously. Well, maybe with the, them taking him off of Green Lantern, yeah, it'll kind of give him a chance to to refocus in a bit and right. really. I, I'm still not sure with how much he's his, got. He's writing. His biggest strength has always been taking these B-list characters and making them. I don't want to say relevant, but exciting, like yeah. ele- elevating them to an A-list character. Yeah. And Aquaman has a gallery, surprisingly enough, that he could really look in and start doing that stuff with. And I don't know if it's a case of, of phoning it in or, I, I, or, I think, or maybe I'm just, I'm getting too inundated with his style. Maybe that's what it is. I, I, I think part of it is he's got too much on his plate. I really do. Yeah. I, Green Lantern has stayed solid. And I think part of that is the fact that he's got such a solid universe around him. And he could, at this point, I think he could probably, Write Green Lantern in his sleep. Yeah, that's and, true. And do a real good job of it. He's done it for so long. It's what he's always wanted to do, or at least do a passable job, if nothing yeah. else. Uh, plus, with the, with the strong teams around him in the other Green Lantern titles, yeah, uh, it really helps. Whereas that he pull from the Justice other stuff. League, I still feel is a little weak. Uh, Justice League of America has had a decent start, but it wouldn't not say bad. It's been not bad. I, I still got to see where it's going to go before I'll, I'll, I'll call it a success. A, a JLA feels more like a JLI replacement yeah. to me. It really uh, well, does. I mean, it's the not it, only that, 
But he, the other big thing he's got on his plate is the giant crossover for the Trinity War between Justice League, Justice League of America, and Justice League Dark. Right. And so they've already put out some promo art for that. We'll probably see some more of that with the upcoming free comic, oh, free comic book, book day. day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, which is the first comic book, or first day in May, uh, May 4th. First, first Saturday, Saturday in May. Sa- first yeah. Saturday in May, May 4th. Right. Uh, so Star Wars Day. Yes, May the yes, 4th be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Justice League Dark, so I should make a quick little jump over to uh, Constantine. Yeah, I wanted to know, how did that come out of the gate? Because they upset uh, a lot of people when they closed out Hellraiser and Vertigo. to bring Hellblazer. Them, Hellblazer. Yeah. And Vertigo to, to bring Constantine into the DC proper. A lot of people were, and myself included, afraid that because he was in the main universe, that they wouldn't be able to do a lot of things that they could do with him in the Vertigo title, the adult-wise, you know, but really kind of push the envelope. Um, I will say, oh, um, you know, I, I gotta, sorry, I gotta kind of censor myself here. Apparently because, you won't say. Well, what I was going to say is mm-hmm. they brought the character, or at least the characterization, over intact, and that's mostly true. Okay, so in, in the sense that he is still, still an absolute bastard, okay, and so you feel like over you're people reading Constantine. He's yes. just not saying fuck. Exactly. It's well, and th- they it's slightly cleaned up, which he's cussing in British. So they can pass it. And <laughs> they're just writing Barney slang in there. Yeah, basically. And to keep them, they've keep themselves out of Barney. Yeah, they actioned him up a bit. You know, a few more explosions, a few more jumping out of the way of stuff, a little more athletic. You didn't find that shit in Vertigo. In Vertigo, he would get his ass kicked and would just outsmart them while getting his ass kicked. He was he's not a physical action guy. But DC's main universe thing is that they want to make action titles. That was their uh, one of their big line items for the New 52. So in that, they're getting the character wrong, but in attitude, they got him right. Okay. So something you're going to stick with then? For a little bit uh, until it pisses me off. Okay. Which so. I, I – the fact that Lemire is writing it is just a matter of time for me. <laughs> it really is because I've mentioned before, Sweet Tooth I hated out of the get-go, but a lot of people loved it. Um, Animal Man I kept with for as long as I could, yeah. and it, it just got to a part or a point where I said I can't do it anymore. And I have a feeling this will be the same thing, and it'll probably be a lot quicker than it was on Animal Man. So, and I see people still picking up Animal Man; it's still a, a fairly popular title. So I know there's good stuff going on there, but I just I can't. It's not for you. Do it. No, not everybody's writing style. Uh, actually, writing is one of the reasons why I picked up the new Wolverine run. I haven't huh. read a Wolverine title in a while. Which I was going to ask about because Wolverine something – yeah. Well, I mean it, I liked – as everybody did Wolverine back in the day and then it got so flooded. Well, Wolverine, Wolverine is still in everything. Yeah. Um, and actually they point that out in this book. There's actually one point oh, – Is where, it like kind of self-referential in that sense? Uh, well, Fury uh, – Nick Fury Jr., Okay. Which is the the one that's taking over for Nick Fury Sr. in the Marvel proper universe. Let me jump in for a quick, yeah. quick second. Because we we're not going over any of the Age of Ultron stuff. Yeah. But in the most recent Age of Ultron title, Fury makes his appearance. I couldn't tell which Fury that was. Like, shave him, shave him bald and the fact that he was in the shadows, like he could have looked a little Sam Ellish. 
but no. I think he's actually the old white guy. I just really he's couldn't He's the old forget. white guy. I, I, okay. I, don't, I didn't have much problem picking that one out. See, I, I was looking at him like, okay, it's definitely Fury. I got that much. But <laughs> the sha- the shading mm-hmm. on this and the color choice yeah. is... No, you know, in, in the, Wolver- in the You're Wolverine looking a little title, less Caucasian than usual there, buddy. The Wolverine one, it is definitely the uh, younger Sam L version of Fury. Okay. Uh, actually, Wolverine even goes, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. How long are you going to call me that? <laughs> Uh, nice. Which one of your teams do you want me to call to call in to help you with this? Oh God! So you know, definitely referencing yeah you know, that Wolverine Wolverine's is part everywhere. of everything in the Marvel universe. In fact, he's even got two titles now: Savage Wolverine and just Straight Up Wolverine. And I like Paul. And we Cornell. should say this is the the Straight Up Wolverine title. Yeah, this is Straight Up Wolverine. Uh, I like Paul Cornell, which is why I picked up decided I would pick up Wolverine again uh-huh. uh, with this relaunch. What else has Cornell done? Uh. Just short list. <laughs> um, now that you've asked, I can't think. I'm blanking, of huh? Yep. Yeah. Well, they come back to it later if you remember. Okay. Um, but uh, let's see if we, I got. Uh, You're still gonna look it up anyways, aren't you? <laughs> Damn <yep>. it. <laughs> well, fine. If you're gonna look yep. that up, I'm gonna move on to something else. Sure. Uh, well, with this, um, let's see. He uh, this book is actually the one thing it's lacking is. And I guess it... An adjective. It it doesn't actually get into the psyche of Wolverine at all. That's one of the things... After having read this book and then going in and reading a couple of other books, I'm going, they're getting into the characters and their motivations and their psyches. And this plays with it on the surface. But it doesn't dive deep. uh, It starts off, and actually you can tell from the cover, it's Wolverine and a little kid. Which, in in the very first issue... Wolverine kills the kid's father, but then hesitates to kill the little kid. So, and the huh. little kid brings that up, um, and trying to play mind games with Wolverine. But it feels a bit like it's surface as opposed to actually getting into Wolverine's psyche about why he was much more willing to kill an adult than a child. And it, it's something that's been with Wolverine forever. I and mean, he's always taken in the younger kids. He's always, yeah, yeah. Shadowcat was under his Jubilee. Jubilee, yeah. Rogue, so, depending upon what universe you're looking at. Yeah, so okay. he, he's always pulled things in. Um, I, that, and I think that's what's missing for the, me is this is going straight through as much more of a straight action title uh-huh. as opposed to... Well, it's similar to like what was going with Constantine. I mean, Constantine, yeah. you get into his head and a couple of the situations and his actions, which are blatantly fuck the friend over, but yeah. there's not a lot of substance to it. It sounds like this is kind of the same way. Yeah, the story is good. It's just, I don't feel something pulling me into it okay. as much as I, I do with a number of other books out there. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's another Wolverine title I won't be getting. Yeah. Um. Okay, we got two other books that we were going to discuss. Three, so, actually, if you want to do all three of them. Okay, well, I, was I missing one? Oh, yes, go ahead and discuss... Bedlam then, and okay. then we'll discuss the, the two books that we're gonna, that we both read. Which? So, what is Bedlam? And we've, we've actually discussed this before, cause I think I, I read the first issue, or, I think or so. one shot. I'll try to give this the, the quick, quick synopsis. Okay. There was a super villain who did this one big dastardly deed, and appeared to kill himself in doing it. Uh, in actuality, he survived, and went into a very sort of radical uh, mental treatment program. Okay. And essentially turned him into a 
you know, he's a bad guy, but that doesn't mean he's bad guy. Um, he, okay. he's work, trying to work his way back into society, realizing who he used to be, all the stuff that he's done, all the murders he committed. And he's, he still has a fascination with those acts, but he instead is trying to channel it into something good by... So it's a combination of the Joker and Dexter. It's like the Joker went into yeah. a mental health program and came, out, came out as Dexter. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a bad way to put it, honestly. Um, oh, a nice reference to Wreck-It Ralph in there, by the way. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, he he. There's been a, a series of murders, and he decides he's going to go help the cops because he can get into the head of the guy that's doing it. Um, actually, some I would, some I would say it was beans Jekyll, nice probably from. Uh, yeah, I would actually say probably Jekyll from BBC. Maybe would be a closer kind of approximation. That like, you know, you gotta be in the head of the evil to understand what they're doing. And this goes some really. So he's kind of giving you that Dr. Lecter perspective, but he's not behind bars when doing it. Well, it's interesting because you see what this guy is doing and you're, you're almost like constantly waiting for him to fall off the ledge. Like you can see it coming. He, he's gonna (laughs) snap, he's gonna flip, and he's gonna go right back into who he was, but he doesn't. And it's, playing with that line the entire time. The writing on this ha- is just phenomenal. It, it truly is. In, in both of its uh, its depiction of the ideologies and okay. the uh, the mental spaces of the characters, and just the story itself is also, it's a very good it, whodunit uh, crime drama. Okay. So, right, what, what, I, I really can't recommend this enough. It, this is something that very adult, but yeah, I, really I remember I read, I read the first one, and it really felt to me like this is a person writing a knockoff of a Joker character. Mm. But that was really setting up this universe for that character's flip, which right. probably takes you know you see that revealed in two and moving forward. Actually, there, there's elements of it in one. You just don't real. Yeah. You don't have, it, it, it have does, the clues strong, that you need yeah. to realize this. This was the jump forward yeah. when you're it, seeing these. There is a superhero that's uh, brought up in the first book who really doesn't make much of an appearance in the other book so far. This is on number six right now. He does show up briefly at another point, and basically he shows up simply to intimidate a witness and then leave. Like, that's it. That's all he does. <laughs> it's great. Oh, so it's Batman. <laughs> Let uh, me have a word with them. Probably actually okay, closer. Talk, talk. No, closer to the Plutonian from uh, Irredeemable, <laughs> where he or uh, even better. Oh crap! What was the one we just read? Extermination, I, I think. Exterminate, exterminate. The one that had the uh, oh god, Docs and the uh, Doctor something, where there's an alien invasion, destroy the world, and the two of them are trying to buddy up. To were you reading that one too, or is that just I, I, me? I think you, you, you that must be. I thought you were reading it too. I, okay. Yeah, I, I can't figure figure out. Um, it was a boom title. I remember that. Okay, it's just you. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. If it's not, the, then when I remember it, I'll let you know. But yeah, yeah right. sounds like it's just you. So. Yeah, most things are. Um. Okay. Another one we can talk about. Uh, this is a Top Cow one, which we don't really get a lot of Top Cow books. We image. talk about. And, yeah, I should say Image, which is 
Tapco is an imprint of Image. And this one is High Velocity Entertainment as well, which is even kind of an offshoot of Dopcow, for that matter. Yeah. Um, Son of Merlin, I don't know if we brought this one up in the past few episodes. We may have brought it up when the first issue yeah. came out. This is issue three now. Mm-hmm. It's three of five. Right, right. So, uh, We're at the halfway point. And yeah, This feels like it has a lot more, or should have a lot more legs on it than... Oh, I'm sorry. Heroes and Villains Entertainment. I have Velocity Entertainment. There's another HVE out there. Okay. Um, but this feels like it should be have a lot more left to it than what it actually does. Wrapping this up in two books I, is almost see, I can actually a first see chapter. This, it very well could be a first chapter, but I can... Certainly what it feels like. With the way that they've placed these characters and how they do a chase and mm-hmm. how they're able to go after one another, it really doesn't feel like... It, you wouldn't be able to sustain... Yeah, the end, end game would come up pretty quick. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. It, it, it's going to... It, it, well, they think they're powering they up the main character going, really fast, too. You're going to have too. to have a, yeah, a, a big confrontation. It sets itself up for that real qu- quick, and there's no... Yeah. Without being able to elude it. it. It really basically says, okay, we've got a com- confrontation. Nope, we missed it. Let's get to the next confrontation. It's, yeah. it's, it's like watching Terminator 2. On fast forward. And, well... You realize that after two hours, you have to have that big final fight at the end between the T-1000 yeah, and T-800. Yep. Otherwise, yeah, because it could go on forever. In fact, that's what you get when you get Terminator 3. Is, <laughs> which I never watched. Not bad, but if you want to watch a two-hour chase movie, which is all that Terminator 3 is. Yeah. Uh, but it gives, except for the very end, which gives you a very nice transition into the, the future of that world. Uh, and, and, that time travel, the future is inevitable. So only if you observe it. Once you observe it, it's locked in place. And that's that what Doctor Who has taught me. I'll, I'll have to track down. There was a flowchart of time travel and all the different types of time travel and the effects thereof, and if, what to watch if you want an example is that of time travel. Book that you have in that flowchart? Uh, no, it's movies only. Good. God, that <laughs> gives me a headache. Um, as far as sort of Merlin is concerned. Especially since this is only a five-issue run, I would, if pushed to recommend, I would tell somebody, go get uh, Soulfire from Aspen instead and read that instead of this. It's the same sort of idea of a character who is kind of bequeathed into this vast magical power and is brought up in these different conflicting traditions and has to go out and save the world and stuff. I personally just think Soulfire is overall a better story. Okay. This is still I, good. It's, it's still fun and entertaining, like but. I, I have my questions and reservations on why they, you know, even why it started off with the event that triggers this, the death of Merlin. Right. And. Well, you can't really have a son of Merlin with a actual sure Merlin. You could. Yeah, you could. It wouldn't be nearly as fun though. Actually, it could be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. You know, why doesn't he get along with his dad? Think about Indiana Jones and, and his dad. And, and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No. Okay. Think about Indiana Jones and Henry Jones Sr. Okay, much better. Thank you. So, you could have some, you know, something mm. interesting going on there. You could... You go in the other direction, though, because then you have to worry about Merlin's dad. <laughs> that would be... Well, no. Merlin have Merlin's a dad? son's the main character. I know I'm rusty on Ethereum legend, but does Merlin even have a dad? Or is he, like, just procreated from the Earth or something? Uh, depending on which legend you choose, uh, some believe his dad was the Druid Taliesin, 
Uh, Stephen R. Lougheed wrote the books. Uh, huh. Taliesin was the first book, which tells the story of Merlin's dad. Okay. Others, Merlin is a man who travels, who lives backwards through time, mm-hmm. getting younger as he, as we grow older. Oh, age. great. Merlin is Mork from Orc. I uh, didn't know that Mork aged that way. Yeah. But, uh, you didn't know that? If you Mork read, from Orc ages backwards. Uh, tales of, yeah, actually, yes, I did. I remember. Um, uh, tales of, or incantations of mortality, uh, Okay. The incantation of time actually moves backwards through space, or through uh, through time. Okay, we're rabbit holing here. Yep. Hey, Moving rabbit on. holes are fun. It is true. Uh, last comic. Yay, Harbinger Wars. This is Valiant's first big major crossover. This is dealing with pretty much all of their titles. Uh, almost. Actually, I should take it back. Almost nope. all their titles. Shadow Man is not involved in this. Shadow Man is not involved and in this. And neither is Exo. Exo. Exo is not yet. There is a possibility, but the way yeah, they've been, the line. but with planet death going on in Exo, not yeah, likely. That's thing. Uh, we're also not likely to see Ninjak, who has appeared in Exo. But uh, Ninjak doesn't have his own title though either. No, he's but, a valiant character, but he's just had his cameo, and that's it. Which kind of bums me out. He was one of my favorite valiant characters in the days, anyways. Uh, but Harbinger Wars is its own specific title that should uh, be mentioned. It's outside of Harbinger. Archer and Armstrong, and what's the third book? Uh, Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah. This, and definitely you know, Harbinger and Bloodshot are the primaries in this. You're, you're actually, you're not seeing Archer and Armstrong through this. Uh, so. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. You don't, you don't see the minute. So it's, it's actually but, two, two of the five books. Right. Well, really... But what I should say though, and I think why I got confused in that, Archer and Armstrong does mention the organizations that are the basis of the Harbinger War. The Project Rising Spirit and the Harada Foundation. Or the Harbinger Foundation. But anyways. Um, it's off to an interesting start, I think. I, I like the setup in here because it, Harbinger, Harbinger Wars and, and Bloodshot have all, the, the two individuals they, they kind of have did. really just bulldozed right into this. What was interesting is the other titles, like, they kept tangentially mentioning each other, mm-hmm. and they were doing this dance where they were about to step on each other's toes constantly. And I was almost sort of waiting for the continuity screw up to happen. It, it was only a matter of time. But instead, now that they're kind of shoving it all together, you can tell Valiant had their shit planned out ahead of time. They definitely knew where they were going and what they were doing with this, unlike certain other publishers that I won't mention. <laughs> yeah. I, this has been a solid story. The, the beautiful thing about this is hmm. you can read one of the books and be okay, at least so far. But when you read all three... The, the you get a much in, better picture. It, it, it's really like, here's a story. Here's one character's vision of that story. Here's a, the other character's vision of that story. Did you ever see the movie and, Go? Yes. Yeah. Like, that's Very, a, an excellent explanation. Yeah. yeah. Where you, you literally just follow one character through, and that's the Harbinger Wars. Here's the, the whole event that happens. Yeah. Then they should take that second character and... Here it is from their point of view. Here it is from this person's point of view. So. I should kind of lean back here for a second. Um, Like I said, that was the last of the comics we were going to mention. 
Yep. So let's run on to some news. I'm going to do just a quick list down mine because I think we are just about out of time here. Um, first and foremost, a Dr. Demento documentary is out on Kickstarter looking for funding. So anybody that likes, say, Weird Al or Hard and Firm or any of those other comedic music acts should go and take a look at it and see if they want to pitch in a few bucks. It might be worth it. Dr. Demento is the guy that really got everybody else started in that whole – well. Not satirical music, but the slapstick version of well, comedic music. And people were always making it. He brought it to the forefront of Big time. culture. Big time. Uh, through J-Rock, I think? Uh, I, I don't remember. Actually, Nerdist has a great podcast where they talk with Dr. Demento. Oh. And how he actually... Ooh, I missed how, that one. Yeah, you did. Uh, because he it. talks about how he was a regular radio DJ. Yeah. But he would find these novelty records. And so just because they amused him... In the middle of his radio show, when he didn't have anything else he to would play, because throw one of those because he wasn't part of a mega conglomerate that controlled every song that played, he would occasionally throw on one of the novelty records, and right. he found that people responded. Yeah, so he'd find more and play more, and then and he eventually became the and... Doctor Demento show. Right. So, so that's out there. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, Winter Soldier, the new Captain America movie, has begun principal filming. Okay. So, so that's good to know and uh, keep your eyes out. The, the concept art for that looks really good. So yeah, it does look actually really cool, I gotta admit. Um Art of Manliness, who I know I've mentioned before many, many times, I'm a big fan of their site. Yeah. All this month is doing the Art of Sandwiches. Uh they are on sandwich number ten so far. I think today was the Good Colonel, which is essentially like a uh how do they put it? A fancy Reuben, I think. <laughs> uh they've also done such sandwiches as a grilled jalapeno popper sandwich. Um, there was a vegetarian sandwich that actually sounded really pretty good with zucchini slices, mushrooms, and a black bean paste that you use as the actual main part of the sandwich. I recommend, I actually have a link I'm going to put in the show notes that will give you all of the sandwich articles from Art of Manliness. Go through, check the recipes because a lot of them look just damn tasty. Something I actually shared out today on uh, my personal feed. There's a game out called Neptune's Pride 2. This is uh, just now being funded. It's out in beta, I should say. And the reason I wanted to share this one, I thought it was kind of interesting. It's a, what they call a 4X game, which is, uh, I think it's like explore, expand. Uh, Multiply. No, 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 no. It's all EX things. Screw it. I'm not going to be able to remember Multiply it now. Multiply X-Men. I'm way too far into my beer. Um <laughs> It's a 4X game, a la things like Order of Orion or some of these other really, really big, epic uh, space opera kind of games. And what makes it neat, it's for two to eight players, and it basically plays online almost as a board game in a way. So everybody gets their turn in sequence, you make your moves, you plan out what you want to do, and then moves on to the turn of the next person. And it happens actually in real time. So you send out your ships. Your ships could take three days to get to where they're trying to go. So your move won't finish for another three days. And you have to you just come back and check on the game once or twice throughout the day just to kind of see what's going on. So it, it sounds like a really kind of neat concept and a neat idea. I'd like to look into it further. Um, Interesting. I don't know that I would be able to spend that much time going back and checking. I mean, just, yeah, I, check I, in the morning and then check before you go to bed. You know, twice a day. That's really all it needs. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a, you know, well, let's yeah, see how it's going on the game. Okay, it's kind of It's nice because it kind of toes that casual gamer 
line where you only have to check it a couple times, so it's casual in that aspect, but the depth of the gameplay itself allows you to really kind of get in and micromanage a bit if you want to and devote some real time to it. Um, speaking of, uh, on other games, Injustice, Gods Among Us, this is the DC fighting game based from Nether Realms, the same people that did Mortal Kombat. Uh, that launched this week. And the last thing I'm going to mention is I have gotten sucked into a bunch of different Minecraft mods lately. Uh, I, my daughter started playing Minecraft, which sucked me back into it. I had been playing a bunch of like indie games before that. And not to mention our friend in Miami keeps calling for you for assistance in how to play. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, I, I just got him addicted. <laughs> but I've, uh, the one of the most recently that I looked at was one called Big Dig where they added some ridiculous amount of new blocks to the game and a whole bunch of new craftable items and stuff. It, Big Dig is actually like a collection of 96 different mods all packaged together into one. So you walk around and like every single block you look at is some type of collectible ore that you can do something with. It's almost ridiculous to a point, <laughs> but because there's just so much to do, it's... It opens the game up. It's like jumping into a pit of Legos <laughs> and just floundering around going, I'm so happy. That I can make really, five really, Death Stars really, 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 really hurt. Uh, well, yeah, that too. Which, truth be told, this kind of is because my time goes bye-bye. <laughs> Which I should say, my time goes bye-bye, but it doesn't go bye-bye until probably about 11 o'clock at night in the first place. So from like 11 o'clock till 2 in the morning, I'm doing shit that I shouldn't be doing. Ugh. Which is normal for you. No, it's not. That's the problem. I got to get up at 6. <laughs> it used to be normal for you. Yeah, and then I had a kid. <laughs> the problem is, is breaking those old habits. Oh, God. Tell me about it. Okay. So, all right. That stuff that you found cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk real quick about Red Giant Comics, which yep, yep. is a company, uh, looks like they're launching out of, actually I can't say they're launching, but they're based in Orlando. Okay, I was going to ask. They, would, and, they are actually from there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they are currently an online webcomic company, so you can go right. and download their comics from their website. They probably have an app. You, I don't know if they're available on Comixology or not. I haven't had a chance to look as full into them as I'd like to, Mm -hmm. but what they're about to do is in 2014, they'll be taking their web comics and launching them as print editions, which isn't entirely new. DC already does that with Legends of the Dark Knight, Anakami Girls, um, and a couple of others. Are those web-based to begin with? Yeah, those are initially released on the web and then in comic book form, uh, Smallville... The 11th season is also done Well, you that can look way. at pretty much every webcomic that's out there now because many of them do print editions. Blind Fair Entertainment does it with all of their books. Yeah, usually does, those, uh, those are full-on collected editions as opposed to oh, right, right. an individual comic, uh, a monthly. Uh, and then, about the comic, I mean, some of them are actually written with that in mind. I mean, they know yeah. they're going to go to a actually, printer eventually. I take that back because so. Looking for Group did that. Yeah. Looking for Group released it as an actual floppy comic as opposed to a trade. <laughs> yeah. Don't copy that floppy. <laughs> um, but where they're getting... That's what, right. I went what, there. 1980s PSA. Deal with it. What red... What? Look at how much is left. I mean, honestly. Come on. What red you're, you're giant comics is doing that's going to be interesting is when they release these comics as print editions, they're going to be free. Woohoo! So, Wait. Free as in speech or free as in beer? Free as in beer. Hell yeah. So... They're, they've got, I think it was four or six titles that they're going to initially launch with 
uh, that are free as in beer. Woot. And then uh, one of beer. one of them is actually an all ages title as well. Uh, the others, uh, depending on the title, may be appropriate for younger not. But I know one was all ages. Okay. What they're looking to do is get book comic books back out of the comic book shop. Uh, that's been one of the biggest. Oh, problems. sort of like like into spinner racks in convenience stores. Right. And one of the things that they talk about in the article is how today's top selling comics, mm-hmm. and we're talking Justice League, uh, S- uh, Superior Spider Man, yeah. yeah, top selling hundred thousand issue plus books a month would be canceled. If they were around in the early days of comics, if you sold oh, less yeah. than two hundred fifty thousand comics, you were canceled. Oh. So even well, the best-selling when books they, when today, they're talking about early days of comics, are they talking about like the nineties heyday? They're talking sixties talking... of comic, yeah, nineteen sixties, seventies. What was the comparable price to? Like, like, what's the inflation done? Because well, look they, at a, they actually at talk a about four dollar book now versus a ten cent title in the past. I mean, yeah, granted, a ten cent title inflation. would with inflation, a ten cent title would be somewhere between a dollar twenty five and a dollar fifty. So we're all right. So if we were to so, take that ten cent title and buy it today, we, we should be paying a dollar twenty five to a dollar fifty. Instead, we're paying four ninety nine or three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. The reason we're paying three ninety nine ten bucks for one of the books is because got. they're selling so few books. And even the that books that have the price to make keep their same even margins. the books that have advertising in them are getting jacked up. I mean, you know, you buy a Valiant book, there's no advertising in it. You're buying, you know, an image book. Depending on the title, there's no Im- there's no advertising in it, or maybe it's just the back t- back cover. Right. And you're paying, you know, two ninety nine. You're paying two ninety nine, three ninety nine for those books. You're paying two ninety nine for a good number of DC's books and three ninety nine for a yep. large number of Marvel and DC books. Yeah, way to draw the line there, DC. Yeah. DC and Marvel, Jerks. you know, which have advertising in their books. Uh, but one of the things that uh, Red Giant's planning to do is they're going to charge you or they're going to uh, get the Not advertising for the places that they're selling these books. So they're going to go to Walmart and say, we want to put ads for products in this book. For and Walmart products specifically? For for Walmart. And or then just put for the, Walmart itself. And put for Walmart itself or, okay. pro- or whatever Walmart wants to put in their ad. Inside the comic book and put the spinner rack inside of Walmart so they get the comic for, for free and they get the ad, so it's an advertising so for the store. I kind of have to wonder then, does this mean that there's basically a Walmart flyer with a comic attached? Well, A, I don't know that they're actually making a deal with Walmart itself, but, but the idea is a store, retail yeah. store. Yeah, it, it'll be a comic book with a flyer for a store inside it. Now it may also have multiple different stores because those are the ones that they're going to try and get people. So it may be a oh, okay. maybe so it's a, not going to be like a custom print of like here's the Walmart editions. Here's the seven. Not from editions, what I could tell, it's going whatever. to be it's going you know it might have an ad for Barnes and Noble, it might have an ad for Walmart, it might have an ad for yeah. Home Depot. But they're going to have a spinner rack by the checkout counter so that when you go into Barnes and Noble, you go Snag into go. Home Depot. Oh look, free comic book. You know mm-hmm. they're looking to print a million copies of each book. For the first year, for each, and they're, they're looking to do, uh, four titles for each weekly, well, the big and, question a fifth, is, I mean, and a fifth title periodically. I mean, obviously they want to do this by 2014, but to actually get the, the backing from the companies that they want to do this with, if they don't have that stuff in place already, they've already, I don't know if that's, that's really going to happen. A lot of that they've already got in place. Right. So, and plus these books have been making money through advertising, uh, um, in their online venture, so they're getting 
revenue from the online version of the uh-huh. books. They're just looking to put in. And the people Something behind like this it, have worked with Marvel, have worked in the comics industry, and have worked in the advertising industry. So, uh, so they know. So how they've the already played. got connections into all these industries. Okay. Uh, so it's something to look at. And they also want to be in your local comic shop. So while there is a mixed reaction from some of the different comic vendors as to whether or not they want to put the book in there, a lot of them are going, hey, it's a free comic book. If it'll get people to come into the shop, they're likely to buy, to buy something that's not free. Are they still going to distribute through Diamond? I don't know if they'll be distributing through Diamond or not. That would be sort but. of the biggest coup d'etat <laughs> is they can get out there without having Diamond specifically being the ones to distribute them. Well, that would be It's because Diamond has a crush on all the local comic shops. So if no, they can get in, into other places, it's just a UPS delivery. Exactly. Uh, so it, it's definitely something to look out for. I'm going to try and see if I can get some copies when they start coming out. Yeah. Add it to my pull list because it's a free comic book. If I like it, great. Yeah, no shit. Um, if it sucks, you didn't pay much for yeah. it. So. And what hopefully will happen is it'll you know, be a revolution to some of the – Entrenched companies are going, hey, we don't have to we have an out. duck in the comic shops. We can well, actually... If they can get somebody on their team that has the same type of advertising connections like these guys have, that it makes it a okay. viable business option. Marvel and DC... Uh, they have it, I know. Warner, between Warner Brothers and Disney par- as parent companies... They can make it happen. They just need to talk to, their, well, to mom then, and dad. Well, but how deep and better are they with Diamond to the point where they wouldn't want to get out of bed with them? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to get out of bed with them. And you can, you still go into a oh, bookstore no, no, no. and there, there are racks of comics in there. The problem is, is that you're still walking in. Who, oh, what parent wants oh, to Jesus. buy their kid a $4 comic book? No, no, I agree. If, if you can get that price down to a dollar, mm-hmm. now you're going to be able to sell in a regular store, whether it's a Barnes and Noble or a oh, yeah. Walmart. Or wherever. Yeah. And even if it's not a, you know, they can still do a direct edition for $4. And then have a have a dollar edition at Walmart with with more ads in it. It's, uh, it's not necessarily eliminating the, the direct I, market. I understand that, but and the reason and fact, I, I've been kind of groaning and moaning over here is I just had a really very very poor analogy run through my head, yeah. and the other that thing stemmed is, from the being in bed thing. So yeah. you you look at you know most Ooh. of these. On the right next to the barcode, it says direct edition. Yeah, which is how they know that you bought it at a comic shop and it was came out right away, as opposed to waiting two months before it hit the you standard newsstand yeah. at your local thrift. Yeah, Seven Eleven. Yeah, I mean Seven Eleven and those types of stores, uh, Wawa, which is just opening up, or Huawei, which is just Wawa? starting to open up in Tampa. I know it's hitting big in Orlando. The hell is that? It's a Seven Eleven type store, so you'll be able to get another flavor of Slurpee. Is that the one that opened up over by like uh No, that was a different one. But I did oh, see okay. a sign for a Wawa's on my way down from Orlando the other day. Oh boy. Okay. Uh another thing I want to talk about is archive.org. Uh-huh. Which uh what brought this up is Brewster Kale was on uh Triangulation. Triangulation is a podcast from the Twit Network, Twit.tv, and they talk with somebody interesting. Brewster Kale is one of the minds behind archive.org. Which is the Wayback Machine. Yeah, that's one of the things that they offer. Yeah, they want to put every bit of information and make it freely available to everybody on the internet. They looked and said, "We have libraries. We discovered a lot of great things with the library library of Alexandria." Unfortunately, it governments not governments didn't like it, so they destroyed the the library. 
Yeah. yeah. Caesar came in there and said, no, you can't have this. And tore and tore out pieces of that library hole. And some of that, some of this stuff was burned. Caesar but, was kind of a dick, wasn't he? Yeah. But it's not just Caesar. There are governments have always gone in and destroyed the knowledge base for people. So what they want to do the is... The conspiracy uh, theorist in me is just yeah. dying to jump at this. <laughs> they, what they want to do is not only They're build this... They're keeping this us down, man. There is. If you look throughout history, one of the ways that they supp- that they suppress people is by limiting their access to knowledge. And that's why they ha- they block the internet in countries like Iran. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me the Republican Party actually wants to keep a fat and uninformed voter base? Say it ain't so. No. It's so. <sighs> but, so, what archive.org wants to do is create the world's largest internet library that you can go to and access books, movies, videos. Uh, they, they actually have... Well, basically everything on the internet. Yeah. Uh, once it goes into public domain, they want to have it, you know. And if the people that own the copyright will let them, they will put it up. You know, we actually store our shows. If you download our show through yeah. iTunes, it's actually downloading the show through archive.org. Right. Because they want to possess that information. Under a Creative Commons license. Yep. Uh, Attribution, non-commercial. Yep. So... Um, but one of the things they do is they actually they work with the state, local, and federal library systems as well as international libraries mm-hmm. to be able to host all this information. And they actually have backups. Uh, there's a backup in, Alexand- in Alexandria. There's, really? In Egypt? Yeah. Huh, that's kind of funny. Uh, there's a backup. Uh, kind of ironic if you think yeah. about it. Uh, I know they have a, a data center in California. They've got another – they got – at least two other two other data or uh, data centers that are outside the U.S. So that even if the stuff that's in the U.S. gets destroyed, the hard drives get you know uh, destroyed through fire, earthquake, natural disaster, or the government coming in and shutting it all down, they still have all that information backed up somewhere else, offsite, internationally. Right uh, now, and, until there's a global apocalypse, in which case we're still fucked. Yeah, global apocalypse right now, we're still fucked. I'm sure they're trying to figure out a way. Uh, they're, they're physically Ooh, archiving. Put it on the moon. They're physically archiving books. They have people that will send them books. They will scan the books into the archive so right. that you can access them digitally, and then they physically well, archive kind of, the book. That was part of the point of the uh, Gutenberg project, if I remember uh, correctly, was yeah, the pro- whole digitization project Gutenberg of books. Yeah. Is, 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 but Gutenberg, project Gutenberg is just books. Right. They want, they are a library. You can actually, they actually have copyrighted books. So like the Da Vinci Code, if, if you want to co- want to read the Da Vinci Code, you can go to archive.org and read it. Check out their copy of their digital copy of the Da Vinci Code. You have it for 30 days, after which you have to check it back in. Huh. And you know, just like just like you go to your public library, they buy right. a book, you go to the library, you take the book out, you read it, you bring it back. Yeah. Speaking well, of, I have three graphic novels I just got from my local library. Exactly. But they actually limit who can, how many people can have it mm-hmm. based on, you know, their number of copies that they right. have, uh, so that they are, so that they fall within the guidelines of being a library. Uh, but there's other aspects to this as well. Uh, one of my, you, know, you mentioned the Wayback Machine. Right. Which allows us to take a look at the internet since. The way it used to be. I think 1996, I think, is when they started the Wayback Machine. Screwing over people who have been trying to delete their content mm-hmm. since 1996. They backed up terabytes of data a day. Oh, yeah. Uh, they used the most popular viewed videos on YouTube to back up YouTube. 
so that we'll be able to go back in 10 years and see what was popular on YouTube today. Rickroll. Yeah. It's on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you had a, if you made yourself a GeoCities webpage, you could actually go back and see it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you would want to, but. No. And, and also part of it may depend on how much traffic you had. Well, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they do respect robots.txt. If you don't want your site cataloged, they will skip it. Right. Uh, but their goal is to collect all this. They've got a TV news section that goes back uh, to 2009, and they're hoping to go back further as they get more money. So, like, what was in the news today? Type and thing? they record news shows every day and upload them using the transcripts to make an entire searchable database like you would search through a article in a magazine right. to find information. So that just like John Stewart goes in there and says, oh, that senator that says he he's now for gay marriage? Last week he's had this in a speech and shows you the clip of yeah. the guy being anti-gay marriage. Right. It allows you to be able to do that. And you can download high-resolution copies of this to use in your projects. Uh, you know, they, they work so that, you know, if you do need copyrighted material... You know, for something that's non-commercial, you can get it for you can get it cheap or free. Right. And for you know commercial works, they are able to provide you with where you need to go to get the proper licensing for that, mm-hmm. so that you can go to the news stations and go, "Hey, you did this story. We want to use this footage." Uh, so it allows you to search television news, and they're looking to make that expandable. They actually have movies that you can watch, just like you would go to your library and borrow a movie. Let me let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. You're saying they have a lot of stuff. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the last things I want to touch on mm-hmm. is the live music library. Yeah. Which, which, uh, I mean, a lot of it's not even necessarily music per se. It's also just kind of like sound bites and stuff too. Uh, well, which th- is good that, for that's that part for... of the audio library. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they have well, a it's... huge audio library. Oh, oh okay. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I... yeah. Uh, they have the live music archive, music and arts. They have, you know, of course, podcasts like this one. Uh, radio programs like actually like you would actually listen to on your FM or AM radio, right. um, computer and technology programs audi- that are audio, uh-huh. uh, news and public affairs programs. But the live music archive is really kind of the golden child because what they've done is uh, bands starting with the Grateful Dead. They were really the pioneers of this. The Grateful Champions. Dead said, "Record our show, and as long as nobody makes any money off of it." You can spread that to anybody yeah. and everybody. Which works well for the dead because they're a jam band. Every single show they do is completely freaking different. Yeah. Which is why they have over a thousand shows yeah. that you can download and listen to. Uh, you've got, uh, Jack Johnson is currently the uh, most downloaded show. That makes uh, sense. John Mayer, Maroon 5. Uh, also, the way it. Yeah. Hank Williams the third. There's a lot of. Hank Williams, really? That one? Third. That makes sense. Oh yeah, Williams the third. So what 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 happens is uh, fans or a lot of times people associated with the bands that can get the feeds right off the audio boards, right? Record the live shows, upload them, archive checks with the bands, and if the bands are okay with it, out it goes. They po- they're able to post it for anybody that wants to to be able to download and listen to the song. Yeah. Keep it, listen to it on your iPod. It's free. As long as there's no, as long as there's no charge. Um, right. So, yeah, people upload concerts and a lot of bands, more and more bands. I think they said over a thousand bands have already okayed this. Not bad. Uh, So, and you look through the list and (laughs) you're going to need to take some time because it's a long list. Uh, 
a lot like of bands it. that you may never know, but you give it a chance to listen to them for free. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's perfectly legal to download and listen to this music and distribute it. So. Right. Uh, and then lastly, I'm going to go to a point that we discussed earlier. Ah, yes, the, uh, yeah. the time machine. Yeah, time travel in movies. Really? No. Uh, so if you, do, if you don't believe time travel movies, see uh, Life on Mars or Source Code. Uh, it really is time travel. Um, time only, uh, only information travels in time. Uh, yes, then uh, does it go to future sites? Then see Paycheck, Next, or Flash Forward. Um, well, please yeah. don't go through the entire flow chart. This no, I'm, I'm not going to, but you know, if it does a single timeline, um, does it have a multiverse? Um, two timelines are tangent. Uh, oh, the, movies. I was sitting here going the, through the first, and I'm like, self- this is where freaking Quantum Leap should be. Why is it Quantum Leap in here? Yeah. Oh, wait, TV show. Never mind. Yep. Yeah. Nivikov's self-consistency principle. No? <laughs> wait, what? Oh. Yep. yep. Nivikov's self-consistency principle. Is there 1.21 gigawatts of electricity at 80 mi- miles per hour? Yes. Then see, one, Back to the Future's 1, 2, one, two and three. 3. No. no. Sound of Thunder or Looper. I still gotta watch Looper. Yeah, Looper was good. You gotta watch that. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely have to see Looper. Uh, I do recommend Scale that. of events. Well, that's kind of mm-hmm. true. Yeah, I, Special really details, is... time travel in the nude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Where, okay, where's Terminator? Yeah, Terminator. It's gotta be what it's referring to. Yeah, it does have Terminator, Terminator 2 in there. Um, I believe that it deals with the future is unchangeable. Uh, Actually, well, almost dead center in the chart. Terminator Two is pink. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, the time machine. Uh, so, uh, Men in Black Three. Oh God, Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. Uh, that movie Terminator still screws with my head. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's what's beautiful about it. Oh, so, geez. Justin, you'll add this to the show notes so that people can download yeah. this. This is from uh, Mr. Dallard um, and Laughing Squid. I know posted it from his site, Mr. Dallard. Um, Dallard? Yeah, yep. whatever. Close enough. So. Uh, just if you really I'll want to just spend your it's mind a, around time travel, uh, that's that's the place to do it. Well, it's just nothing else. Just a fun little chart to kind of diddle with for yep. a bit. Something fun to play with, and that's a lot of what we try and get across on this show. Yep. So go ahead, uh, let us know what you think uh, in this time or the last one. <laughs> or, yeah. Or in the future. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. If, if you know what our next show is going to be like, go ahead and uh, drop us a line. Tell us how good it was. And, uh, or what our next show should be like. <laughs> Probably the more important part. Well, if you're going to do that, you don't need to be time traveling. You can just tell us what you'd like to hear. All of our contact information is available. I'll let you know which one's going to be more likely that we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, but it's more fun if it's not likely. Uh, all right. uh, so all of our information is at about.me slash comic book tesseract. Mm-hmm. It's got email, Facebook, yeah, G+, Twitter, uh and telephone number for texting or leaving a voicemail. Yep. Uh, all that's available about.me slash comic book tesseract. So for Justin Chalupka, I'm Jason Polyoff, and we'll see you next week when we step inside the Tesseract.